Okay, welcome to Solutions. Um, so the solutions are homogeneous, uh, the same throughout. Mixtures of two or more substances that combine to form a single phase, usually the liquid phase. Um, so the MCAT will focus almost exclusively on solids dissolved to aqueous solutions, but they can be formed from different combinations in the three phases of matter. Um, gases dissolved into other gases can be thought of as solutions, but they're more properly defined as mixtures because gas molecules do not interact all that much chemically. A solution consists of a... oh, okay, also yeah, so all solutions are mixtures, but not all mixtures are solutions. Um, a solution consists of a solute dissolved or dispersed into a solvent. A solvent is the component of the solution that remains in the same phase after mixing. If they were already in the same phase, then the solvent is a component present in greater quantity. And if they're in equal components, then the component that is more commonly used as a solvent in other contexts is considered by the solvent. So solute molecules move about freely and interact through anamorphic forces, and they're free to interact with other dissolved molecules of different chemical identities. Solvation is the electrostatic interaction between solute and solvent molecules, known as dissolution. When water is a solvent, this is hydration. So solvation involves breaking intermolecular interactions between solute molecules and between solvent molecules and forming new intermolecular interactions between solute and solvent molecules together. Um, so when the new interactions are stronger than the original ones, the solvation is exothermic and it's favored at low temperatures. And when the new interactions are weaker than the original ones, solvation is endothermic and their process is favored at high temperatures. Uh, sometimes the overall strength of the new interaction is approximately equal, so this, the overall enthalpy is for dissolution is zero, and these approximate the formation of an ideal solution. Uh, the spontaneity is dependent not only on enthalpy change, but um, it also is important to see the entropy change. So entropy always increases upon dissolution, so the spontaneity of dissolution depends on the change in Gibbs free energy. And yeah. Um, so another way to understand entropy is the measure of molecular disorder, which is the number of energy microstates available to a system at a given temperature. Um, there's that. When we think about solubility, we want to know more than just like the dissolution and spontaneity. Um, so the solubility is a su of a substance is the maximum amount of that substance that can be dissolved in a particular solvent at a given temperature. And when this maximum amount of solute has been added, the dissolved solute in is in equilibrium with its undissolved state, and this solution is saturated. Because if more solute is added, it won't dissolve. Um, if more solute is added and it doesn't dissolve, it will remain in solid form. It's going to precipitate to the bottom of the container. And a solution in which the proportion of solute to solvent is small is said to be dilute, and one where the proportion is large is concentrated. Um, the solubility is a function of thermodynamics, so when the change gives free energy for the dissolution is negative at a given temperature, it's spontaneous, and the solute is soluble, yada yada. And solutes that dissolve minimally in a solvent are called sparingly soluble salts. So the most common type of solution is the aqueous solution, where the solvent is water, uh, denoted by the AQ symbol. They rely on interactions between water, water molecules and solutes and solutions um, via hydration. Uh, in some solutions, like acids, the formation of a complex called the hydronium ion, H3O+, can occur, facilitated by the transfer of a hydrogen ion from a molecule in solution to a water molecule. 
And hydrogen ion is never found alone in solution because a free proton is difficult to isolate, so it's always bound to an electron pair donor like a water molecule. And because aqueous solutions are so common, uh, there's seven there's seven general solubility rules. So all salts containing ammonium, NH4 plus, and alkali metal, the group one cations, are water soluble. All salts containing nitrate, NO3 minus, and acetate, C3CO minus anions, are water soluble. Halides, CLBr, and I, uh, excluding fluorides, are water soluble with the exceptions of those formed with Ag, Pb, and Hg2. Uh, all salts of the sulfate ion SO42- are water soluble with the exceptions of those formed with calcium, SR, barium, and Pb. Uh, all metal oxides are insoluble with the exception of those formed with the alkali metals ammonium and CaO, SRO, and BaO, all of which hydrolyze to form solutions of the corresponding metal hydroxides. All hydroxides are insoluble with the exception of those formed with the alkali metals ammonium and CaSR and Ba, and all carbonates CO32 minus, phosphates PO43 minus, sulfides S2 minus, and sulfites SO32 minus are insoluble with the exception of those formed with the alkali metals and ammonium. Uh, now we have to think about complex ions. Um, so hydrogen ion is hydronium ion is a complex that forms in acidic solutions. Uh, a complex ion or coordination compound refers to a molecule in which a cation is bonded to at least one electron pair donor, which in could include the water molecule. The electron pair donor molecules are called ligands, and an example of like a complexation reaction is the tetra-aqua-dioxo-uranyl complex cation, where water and oxygen acts as ligands with a U6 plus cation. Uh, they're held together with coordinate covalent bonds where an electron pair donor, a Lewis base, and an electron pair acceptor, a Lewis acid, form very stable Lewis acid base adducts. Um, but yeah. A lot of coenzymes, cofactors, hemoglobin have these kind of big complexes. Uh, there's something called chelation, and it requires... It's the central cation being bonded to the same ligand in multiple places, and it requires large ionic. I can't speak. It requires large. I oh my! It requires large organic ligands that can double back to form a second or third bond with the central cation, and it's used to sequester toxic metals sometimes or most often. Then we think about concentration. So the amount of solute dissolved in a solvent. Um, there's different units of it, so it's usually expressed by percent composition by mass, mole fraction, molarity, molality, and normality. The percent composition by mass is given by the equation mass of solute over mass of solution times 100%. It's used for aqueous solutions and for metal alloys and other solid and solid solutions. Um, the mole fraction of a compound is given by the equation x sub a equals moles of a over total moles of all species, and the sum of the mole fractions in a system always has to equal 1. You can calculate the vapor pressure depression of a solution and the partial pressures of the gases in a system. Molarity is defined as capital M equals moles of solute over liters of solution. Um, these are how they're usually expressed for solute solution concentrations. Um, we use square brackets to specify representations of concentration. And the volume term is the solution volume, not the volume of solvent used to prepare the solution. Uh, and we use molarity for rate laws, law of mass action, osmotic pressure, pH, pOH, and the Nernst equation. But it's different from molality, which is lowercase m. It's moles of solute over kilograms of solvent. 
uh, for dilute aqueous solutions at 25 degrees Celsius, though, it's approximately equal to molarity because the density of water is 1 kilogram per liter, but this is an approximation. Um, and we don't really use molality often. It's usually just for like boiling point, boiling point elevation and freezing point depression. Normality is a solution equal to the number of equivalents of interest per liter of a solution. An equivalent is a measure of the reactive capacity of a molecule, so it's equal to a mole of the species of interest, like protons, ions, electrons. And to calculate a normality, we need to know what the purpose the solution serves, because it's concentration of the reactive species with which we are concerned. And then for dilution, a solution is diluted when a solvent is added to a solution of higher concentration to produce a solution of lower concentration. So M1V1 equals M2V2 is a lot of times used, where M is molarity, V is volume, and then you can use different subscripts to refer to initial and final. So then we're going to look at solution equilibria. Let's see, how much more do we have? Oh, we're doing good on time. Oh yeah, I can definitely... Okay, I don't know why I'm doing that, sorry. So solution equilibria. So in the process of creating a solution, the equilibrium is defined as a saturation point where the solute concentration is at its maximum value for the given temperature and pressure. So after solute has been introduced into a solvent, most of the change taking place is association because no dissolved solute is initially present. Once the solute is dissolved, the reverse process precipitation of the solute will begin to occur. When the solution is dilute or unsaturated, the thermodynamically favored process of dis is dissolution. And initially, the rate of dissolution will be greater than the rate of precipitation. As the solution becomes more concentrated and approaches saturation, the rate of dissolution lessens and the rate of precipitation increases. And then we get to a saturation point. So, the first step for any solution stoichiometry or solution equilibrium question is to write out the balance reaction and correctly calculating the solubility product constant, ion product, mol molar solubility and determining the outcome of the common ion effect. So it's like the first step for every solution chemistry problem on the MCAT. Um, so a lot of the MCAT problems use sparingly soluble salts. Um, the law of mass action is used. So uh, when the solution is saturated and the solute concentration is at a maximum and it's dynamically stable, so uh, the solubility product constant and the ionic compound A sub M and B sub N is being used right now. So KSB is equal to the concentration of A to the N power. Oh, positive A. Okay, so the concentration of A to the positive N power to the positive M times the concentration of B to the negative M power to the positive N power. And that's the solubility product constant, where the concentrations of the ionic constituents are equilibrium concentrations. And yeah. Yeah, okay. So there's no denominator. Um, pure solids and liquids don't appear in the equilibrium constant. So dissociation reactions have a solid salt as a reactant, and so they should never have denominators in the expression. Uh, solubility product constants, just like every other equilibrium constant, is temperature dependent. Um, so it increases with increasing temperature for non-gas solutes and decreases for gas solutes because higher pressure favors dissolution of gas solutes. So it'll be larger for gases at higher pressures than at lower ones.
Um, then we can talk about the ion product, which is analogous to the reaction quotient. Uh, it has the same form as the equation for the solubility product constant. And the differences that the concentrations used in the ion product equation are the concentration of the ionic constituents at the given moment in time, which may differ from equilibrium concentrations. Um, and so we compare this value just like we use the reaction quotient. So if the IP is less than the KSP, the solution is not yet at equilibrium and it's considered unsaturated, the solute will continue to dissolve. If it's equal to, it's saturated at equilibrium, and if it's, the IP is greater than KSP, it's supersaturated and precipitation will occur. And the molarity of a solute in a saturated solution is the molar solubility. Um, okay, so then we have, we're going to talk about the complex ion one more time. So when we form a complex ion, we use a mixture of solutions, and there has to be a distinction between the KSP and the complex ion. Um, the dissolution of the original solution is termed KSP, and the subsequent formation of the complex ion and solution is termed K sub F, the formation or stability constant of the complex and solution. And it's significantly larger than the KSP, which is why the initial dissolution of the metal ion is the rate limiting step of the complex ion formation. And they tend to become more soluble in solution. Then we have the common ion effect. Um, so the solubility of a salt is considerably reduced when it is dissolved in a solution that already contains one of its constituent ions as compared to its solubility in a pure solvent. Uh, this reduction in molar solubility is the common ion effect. And it's just Lechatelier's principle in action. So because the solution already has one of the constituent ions, the system will shift toward the left side, reforming the solid salt and molar solubility for the solid is reduced unless the solid dissolves, even though the KSP remains constant. Um, and you can use the common ion effect to separate out specific compounds in a solution mixture. Then we have colligative properties. They're physical properties of solutions that are dependent on the concentration of dissolved particles, but not on the chemical identity of them. So there's vapor pressure depression, uh, accounted for by Raoult's law. It's caused by solutes in solution. As the solute is added to a solvent, the vapor pressure of the solvent decreases proportionally. Um, on a molecular level, the presence of the solute molecules can block the evaporation of solvent molecules, but not their condensation, so this reduces the vapor pressure of the solution compared to the pure solvent. Uh, so mathematically, this is P sub A equals X sub A times P sub A standard. So P sub A is the pressure of the solvent A when its solutes are present. X sub A is the mole fraction of the solvent A in the solution. And P sub A is the vapor pressure of solvent A in its pure state. And it only holds, this law only holds when the attraction between the molecules of the different components of the mixture is equal to the attraction between the molecules of any one component in its pure state. And when this does not hold, then the relationship between mole fraction and vapor pressure will deviate from Raoult's law. And solutions that obey this are ideal solutions. Uh, then we have to talk about boiling point elevation. So when a non-volatile solute is dissolved into a solvent to create a solution, the boiling point will be greater than that of the pure solvent. Um, and this is the extent to which the boiling point is raised relative to that of the pure solvent is given by the delta T sub B equals I times K sub B times M. 
Delta D sub B is the increase in boiling point. I is the von Hoff factor, and K sub B is a proportionality constant, characteristic of a particular solvent, and M is the molality of the solution, lowercase m. The von Hoff factor corresponds to the number of particles into which a compound associates in solution, so like I equals 2 for NaCl, because it dissolves into two particles. Uh, freezing point depression is the presence of solute particles in a solution interfering with the formation of the lattice arrangement of solvent molecules associated with the solid state, so a greater amount of energy must be removed from the solution in order for the solution to solidify. And so the formula for this to calculate the freezing point depression is kind of similar. It's just delta T sub F equals I times K sub F times M. And K sub F is just the proportionality constant characteristic of a particular solvent. And so freezing point depression is a colligated property and it depends only on the concentration but not their identities. So that's why we salt icy roads, because the salt will mix with the snow and the ice and it will dissolve initially into the small amount of liquid water. And then this causes a disturbance, so the rate of melting is unchanged. Um, but the rate of freezing is decreased. And so more ice melts than water freezes. And melting is an endothermic process, so heat is initially absorbed from the liquid solution, causing the solution temperature to fall below the ambient temperature. And now that there's a temperature gradient, heat flows from the warmer air to the cooler opposite solution, and this facilitates warm melting, even though the temperature of the solution is actually colder than it was before the solute was added. So the more the ice melts into liquid water, the more the solute is dispersed through the liquid, and the resulting salt solution has a lower freezing point than the pure water and remains in the liquid state, even at temperatures that would normally cause pure water to freeze. And then we have osmotic pressure. It's a sucking pressure generated by solutions in which water is drawn into it. Um, it is the amount of pressure that must be applied to counteract this attraction of water molecules for the solution. And the equation for osmotic pressure is pi, is what that looks like, what that looks like, equals I times M times R times T. I is the Van Hoff factor. The pi symbol is like the osmotic pressure. M is molarity it's capital, and then R is ideal gas constant, and T is temperature. And of course, water moves in the direction of higher solute concentration, as we know. Okay, so I'll go over concept summary real quickly. Uh, solutions are homogeneous mixtures uh, composed of two or more substances. They combine to form a single phase, generally liquid, and they solvent particles surround solute particles via electrostatic interactions in a process called solvation or dissolution. Aqueous solutions are most important for the MCAT. Solvation in water can be called hydration. And most dissolutions are endothermic, although dissolution of gas into liquid is exothermic. Solubility is the maximum amount of a solute that can be dissolved in a given solvent at a given temperature. It's expressed as molar solubility, the molarity of a solute at saturation. Complex ions or coordination compounds uh, are composed of metallic ions bonded to various neutral compounds and anions referred to as ligands. Formation of complex ions increases the solubility of otherwise insoluble ions, which is the opposite of the common ion effect. And then the process of forming a complex ion involves electron pair donors and electron pair acceptors, such as those seen in coordinate covalent bonding. Uh, for concentration, percent composition by mass is the mass of solute per mass of solution times 100%, and it's used for aqueous solutions and solid and solid solutions. These are all the ways to express concentration, by the way. Uh, the mole fraction is moles of solute per total moles, and it's calculating vapor pressure depression and partial pressures of a gas in a system. Molarity is moles of solute per liters of solution, and it's the most common unit used for rate laws, law of mass action, osmotic pressure, PHPOH, and Nernst equation. Molality is the moles of solute per kilograms of solvent, and it's used for boiling point elevation and freezing point depression. And normality is the number of equivalents per liters of solution, and it's the molarity of the species of interest, and is used for acid-base and oxidation reduction reactions. 
will go into solution equilibria, so saturated solutions are in equilibrium at that particular temperature. The solubility product constant is simply the equilibrium constant for a dissociation reaction. Comparison of the ion product to KSP determines the level of saturation and the behavior of the solution. IP is less than KSP, so the solution is unsaturated, and if more solute is added, it's going to dissolve. If it's equal to, it's saturated at equilibrium, and there's no change in concentration. And then if IP is greater than KSP, then the solution is supersaturated, and a precipitate will form. And then, of course, formation of a complex ion and solution greatly increases solubility. The formation of a stability constant, K sub F. The formation or stability constant, K sub F, is the equilibrium constant for complex formation, and it's usually much greater than K sub SP. And the formation of a complex increases the solubility of other salts containing the same ions because it uses up the products of those dissolution reactions, shifting the equilibrium to the right, and that's the opposite of the common ion effect. Speaking of, the common ion effect decreases the sol solubility of compound in a sol solution that already contains one of the ions in the compound, and the presence of that ion in solution shifts the dissolution reaction to the left, decreasing the dissociation. Uh, colligative properties, or colligative, I don't know how to pronounce that, are physical properties of solutions that depend on the concentration of dissolved particles, but not on their chemical identity. Vapor pressure depression follows Routes law. The pressure of other solutes decreases the evaporation rate of a solvent without affecting its condensation rate, thus decreasing its vapor pressure. And vapor pressure depression also explains boiling point elevation as the vapor pressure decreases the temperature and energy required to boil the liquid must be raised. Freezing point depression and boiling point elevation are shifts in the phase equilibria dependent on the molality of the solution. Osmotic pressure is primarily dependent on the molarity of the solution. And for solutes that dissociate, the Van't Hoff factor is used in freezing point depression, boiling point elevation, and osmotic pressure calculations. Okay, that's it for chapter 9. We're going to see when the next one for acids and bases. Definitely prepare yourselves. That's probably one of the biggest gen chem topics on the MCAT. Yay!